Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Circle Opens, a podcast devoted to a chapter-by-chapter review of Stephen King's The Stand. Do you need an affordable source for Stephen King books, movies, collectibles, and more? Make sure to visit Secondhand Bookery at secondhandbookery.etsy.com. Listeners of this podcast can use the coupon code THECIRCLE for 20% off their order anytime, and there's always free shipping to the United States. That is Secondhand Bookery at secondhandbookery.etsy.com. Welcome back, everybody. If you live in the States and celebrate Thanksgiving, I hope you had a great holiday. Um, I had my family over for Thanksgiving this year, so it was very crowded with a lot of food. And by, I think, 8 p.m., I was ready for bed. (laughs) If you don't live in the United States or you just don't celebrate Thanksgiving, I hope you had a great Thursday and are having a great weekend. So I don't really have much this week in the way of uh, the stand news for the CBS All Access adaptation. However, um, I've already touted Josh Boone's Instagram being a good source for some kind of um, behind the scenes, fun stuff from filming in Vancouver. But I would also recommend that you guys follow uh, the actors that will be appearing in the miniseries because a lot of them are posting Um, their own shots from the set. Uh, Most recently, Nat Wolf, who is playing Lloyd Henry, who is the topic of today's chapter. Um, He has an Instagram called Nat and Alex. Alex is his brother. um, And I believe they they, uh, perform music together as well as both of them being actors. Um, If any of you have seen Hereditary um, from, I think it was last year with Toni Collette, uh, Alex Wolf played her son. And that is Nat Wolf's brother. Um, but Nat has posted a lot of, um, on set pictures of himself as Lloyd and they're really interesting. Um, I do plan on putting them up on the blog, uh, hopefully sometime today, if I have the time, um, today being Saturday. So if you guys want to check out my blog at the circleopens.com, hopefully I'll have those up, uh, by the time you are listening to this, or you could just go to his Instagram and check it out. It's Nat and Alex on Instagram and, um, the clothing choices are pretty humorous to me, <laughs> but I think that, uh, he looks pretty great as Lloyd. Uh, there is one photo. It looks like he's in the prison cell. Um, so I love that these come out just as we're about to delve into, uh, some more of Lloyd's story here in episode 29 of this podcast. So let's go ahead and just start doing that now, because that's really all I have, um, in terms of, uh, CBS all access adaptation news. Um, also a quick shout out to, uh, Brooke Reading Pod. This podcast is hosted by Melissa. I know I've mentioned her before, but if you guys are avid readers, um, especially of Stephen King, I highly, highly recommend checking out her podcast. Um, she does a great job reviewing, uh, these books. She has a lot of fun guests. Um, she did, uh, quite a few Stephen King books, um, in the past, and I just have enjoyed listening to them and hearing her thoughts. Um, so I would like to recommend to you guys that if you guys love to read, if you love to read Stephen King, which I'm assuming that you do, if you are listening to this podcast, please check out Brooke Reading Pod. Um, she is, Melissa is a fantastic host and I guarantee that you guys will probably fall in love with it as much as I did. So before I start listing off all of the podcasts that I love, um, I'll try to limit myself to those. (laughs) Let's just go ahead and jump into chapter 32 of the book one, Captain Trips. So a quick recap of last week in chapter 31, 
we touched base with Chris Bradenton, who was dying of the super flu, but not before helping Randall Flagg retrieve his new car and new papers registered in his name. So Flagg is headed south, but where to, we don't quite know yet. In Chapter 32, we are back in Phoenix, Arizona with Lloyd Henry, who is still in prison awaiting trial for his crime spree with Polk Freeman. Polk, of course, is dead. He was shot in the last robbery that he and Lloyd tried to commit in a convenience store. And so we begin this chapter on June 29th, when the flu has more or less wiped out everyone not immune to its effects. And Lloyd is alone, sort of. The door between the maximum security where Lloyd is being held and the cell block beyond it remains open. Lloyd can hear someone, either delirious with Captain Trips or just going mad from the isolation and the circumstances. He is within that cell block yelling for his mother. Um, the steel walled corridors seem to only amplify the man's voice and is driving Lloyd a little batty. He is alone in his cell and his hands are very bloody, his fingers torn up. He's been working on trying to unscrew um, a loose cot leg of his bunk, and he's using his fingers as tools. So one of the bolts is giving him a problem. If you guys have ever tried to unscrew anything with just your fingers, um, I don't recommend it. I've tried it before. (laughs) Unless the loose, unless the screw is really loose, it's just don't do it. You're going to tear your fingers up, which is exactly what Lloyd did. And Lloyd is bleeding, and he's hungry, and he's scared. And, of course, he's screaming at this man um, who's screaming for his mother to shut up. And this only triggers the man. um, I'm going to call him the mother shouter. (laughs) He's only this only causes him to yell louder. So the last time Lloyd saw his attorney Devins was the day after he got a fist to the stomach from one of the prison guards. Um, And I can't off the top of my head remember which chapter that was, but it was a couple chapters ago. Um, so the guards at this point took Lloyd down to his attorney again, and they're all coming down with the super flu. Um, one of them even sneezes deliberately in Lloyd's face because, you know, everyone in prison seems to be coming down with a cold and this guy believes in sharing the wealth. So he takes Lloyd in to meet with his attorney and Devin has some good news. Maybe you see the judge set to hear Lloyd's case is in bed with the flu as are two other judges. Now, remember, this was a couple of days before um, we start the chapter on chap- on June 29th, but Lloyd is thinking back several days. So the courts are backed up, okay, because these judges are too sick to do anything. So if nothing else, this buys Lloyd some time. Devins tells Lloyd not to worry, and they would soon, they would know soon enough whether or not this would warrant a po- postponement of his trial. Um, But that was the last time that Lloyd heard from Devins. That same night, they began taking sick prisoners down to the infirmary, and they're carrying them, uh, really, because most are too far gone to walk. And there's a man named Trask on the right side of Lloyd's cell, and he's thinking that even with the guards getting sick, maybe they would both get postponements of their trials. And Trask has been bribing a guard with some weed to fill them in on what's been going on outside of the prison. So the guard tells him the things that we already know as readers. Um, There's people leaving Phoenix um, en masse. The government is promising a vaccine, but nobody really believes that this is ever going to happen. Um, There's been martial law declared. There are people dying by the tens of thousands And personally, the guard wouldn't be surprised if a long-haired commie sympathizer 
hadn't put something in the water. And that seems very simplistic to me, but it's, I guess it's easier to come up with these conspiracy theories than to believe that the government deliberately made this virus. Um, so this particular guard had plans to leave that night with his wife and kids. He's going to move out to a cabin he had in the mountains until it all blew over, and he would shoot anyone who got within 30 yards of it. And King puts these little characters in here and there, um, people that we see for a glimpse and then never see again or hear from again. But I can't help but kind of wonder um, what happened to these people. Um, did this guard make it to the mountains? Is his entire family dead? Is he dead? Um, and did he end up in Vegas or Boulder in the future? I don't know. I do think about these things a lot, especially on rereads. Um, cause sometimes when you're reading these, you just, you read about these people and then you just keep on going to the main characters. But I think it's kind of fun to think about what these little side characters have done or where their stories have taken them. So the next day, um, I believe that would be June 26th, uh, Trask comes down with a runny nose and this panics him. He begins to yell at the guards to let him out before it gets worse. Um, at this point, the guards are ignoring Trask. They're ignoring all of the prisoners. And the rest of the inmates become um, as restless as underfed lions. And Lloyd was noticing that there were usually 20 inmates in maximum security. And now there are about four or five. On June 27th, Lloyd begins rationing his meals, hiding food under his bunk mattress. Trask dies on the 28th. He went into sudden convulsions. His face turned a dark black, and he died. Lloyd um, doesn't really mourn for Trask, obviously, but he does mourn for that lunch that's in the cell that he cannot reach. The guards never come for Trask's body, so Lloyd has to kind of contend with being alone in his cell with a dead body next to his. And those still alive in their cells are yelling for food because no supper is served either. Nobody's answering their calls. Trask's body begins to gather flies. And the cell to Lloyd's left is empty. Across the way, there are two empty cells and the dangling feet of a man who had killed his wife and brother over a penny uh, game. This man had used his belt or his pants to kill himself. Uh, Lloyd at this point is reduced to drinking water from his toilet and eating his rationed food. He realizes that if he thought that this could actually happen, um, he probably would have started rationing his food earlier. But it says there was something in the back of his mind that he didn't want to see. It was as if there was a set of flapping drapes in the back of his mind with something behind them. You could only see that thing's bony, skeletal feet below the hem of the drapes. That's all you wanted to see, because the feet belonged to a nodding, emaciated corpse, and his name was Starvation. Lloyd is sure somebody is going to come. Of course they are. But then he remembers a rabbit that he won in a school raffle when he was a young boy. A rabbit this rabbit came with a cage, and his father didn't want him to keep this animal, but Lloyd persuaded his dad that he would take care of it. He would use his allowance to buy it food, and for a while he had taken care of this rabbit, and Lloyd loved this rabbit. But things tended to slip in Lloyd's mind quite easily, and he forgot about this rabbit for about two weeks when it finally came to him as he was swinging idly in a tire swing during the summer. 
That's when he ran into the small shed behind the house where the rabbit was kept. And, of course, this rabbit was dead. Its paws bloody and ragged. And Lloyd tried to tell himself that it was because the rabbit was just trying to claw out of its cage. But a more horrifying, sick thought was that maybe as a last desperate resort, the rabbit had tried to eat itself. And Lloyd's bloody hands remind him of those paws. Lloyd had buried his rabbit and never told his dad, but his dad had probably forgotten Lloyd had even had a rabbit. Apparently, Lloyd not being too bright, his father uh, was even worse in terms of intelligence. But this rabbit's death haunted Lloyd, and he told himself that somebody would come for him now. He did not want to end up like this rabbit. Somebody would come because he wasn't sick with Captain Trips. He was just hungry. The next day, Lloyd finally got that leg off of his bunk, and he uses it to bang on the bars, screaming to be let out. There's nothing but silence, but then the man in the other cell block begins screaming for his mother again, and waking that guy up was not at all what Lloyd had intended, but nobody else answers him. Lloyd eats a little bit more food. He has some stale bread and a handful of dates, and then he notices that a rat is gnawing on Tresk's leg. Lloyd grabs the caught leg, and he reaches through the bars to kill the rat with it. Uh, the The mother shouter <laughs> begins again, driving Lloyd kind of crazy. Um, he screams back some not-so-nice words about the man's mother, and this causes the man to finally fall silent. And then Lloyd begins to cry. He wants his attorney. He wants a steak sandwich. He wants out. So he goes back to sleep, and when he wakes up, it's about 5 p.m. He grabs the cot leg again, banging it on the bars, ready for the sound of the man screaming for his mother. But there's no answer. There's no sound whatsoever. Lloyd calls out, but again, no answer from the mother shouter. And at this point, he would have welcomed it. Even the company of the mad was better than the company of the dead. He takes some inventory of his food, a couple, a couple chunks of bread, uh, two more handfuls of dates, a half-gnawed pork chop, and one piece of bologna. He eats half of the bologna and then tells himself no more, then eats the rest of the pork chop with massive regret, and he knows he's going to die in there, just like the rabbit in its cage, just like Trask in his cell. Uh, thinking about Trask kind of triggers something in Lloyd's brain. He looks over at the body that is now covered in flies and the dead rat. He uses the cot leg to reach the rat and pull it towards his own cell. And when it's close enough, he reaches in and pulls the rat into his own cell by the tail. And then he puts it under the bunk mattress with the rest of his food, just in case. And that is the end of chapter 32. Um, it's a fairly short chapter, but we now know that Lloyd is in big trouble. His attorney is probably dead, or he fled Phoenix altogether with everybody else. The guards are dead or have stopped coming into work, and most of the prisoners are gone, or, yes, dead. Some have committed suicide. Lloyd is alone, but for another man screaming for his mother, but even he falls silent after a couple of days... Lloyd will not die of Captain Trips, but will he die of starvation? He's trying to ration what food he has left, which isn't much, but he's not doing a great job of it. Um, hunger can make us act <laughs> irrationally, and I'm not at all trying to compare like a diet to starvation whatsoever, but 
Um, if you've ever been so hungry that you're trying not to eat, uh, just binge on food and then all of a sudden you just can't help it and you do it and then you hate yourself for it. And that's kind of where Lloyd is at this moment. He's trying to ration his food, but that hunger, those hunger pains are very powerful. So he tore up his hands trying to unscrew this cot leg from his bunk, but I mean, for what purpose? To bang on the cell bars, even though no one is really going to hear him, nobody's there. Being stuck in his cell, alone and hungry, reminds him of a rabbit that he had as a young boy. One that he forgot about and it starved to death. And this rabbit still haunts Lloyd to this day. His situation certainly parallels the rabbit. Um, This rabbit was put in a cage in a shed and forgotten about. And this is basically what is happening to Lloyd. But that particular story about his rabbit, okay, this shows us that Lloyd does still have some empathy. He had cared about the rabbit, and his negligence caused the rabbit to die in the same manner Lloyd may die now. And he buried the rabbit in the cage uh, without telling his dad because of uh, the shame that he felt. So it's interesting because, you know, Lloyd had gone on this crime spree with Polk, who I believe was just a psychopath. And Lloyd had even killed a woman, the wife of the uh, Connie that they had stolen. So he was also an accessory to other murders. But there's always a part of Lloyd who hadn't really wanted to take part. Uh, But Lloyd is a follower. He's not a leader. He will go where he's led and he'll do what he's told, which got him into his current predicament. And I am not at all sympathizing with Lloyd. Um, I think what he and Poke did was horrific and terrible. But this is also showing that Lloyd is a much more complex character than just, you know, Poke, who was just batshit crazy. Um, Lloyd has some depth to him, which I believe um, is very important to have in a villain or a bad character. Um, I, I just, I'm not fond of the one-dimensional um, bad guys who really have no purpose other than to just be evil. Um, I want to see a little bit more character in these people. And I think that this chapter really shows, um, who Lloyd is. Um, he's in this situation where he could die and he's upset. Uh, he wants food, he wants to get out, but he's also thinking about his poor rabbit. And suddenly I think that he, understands now what that animal went through in those two weeks that it was left alone. So Lloyd is still holding out hope that somebody will come rescue him and let him out of his cell. But uh, he takes this dead rat that had been eating his cell, well he wasn't a cellmate, but the trask, his leg, and he kills it and he puts it under his mattress just in case nobody comes and he needs more food. Just in case I mean, what would you do in Lloyd's situation? Do you think hunger and the will to survive would lead you to potentially eating a raw rat? It is a horrific circumstance and hopefully not one you will ever have to find yourself in. Um, But do you have any sympathy for Lloyd? Do you think he'll be saved? And by who? Probably not Nick Andros, who is still in Shoyo, Arkansas. Unfortunately, he's not alone. And Ray Booth suddenly shows up. He will return to find Nick and finish what he started. And that is next week in chapter 33. And that's the end of this episode. It's not terribly long. I hope that's okay with you guys. But I like that we got uh, to touch base again with Lloyd. 
Um, he's been kind of this character that's mind-boggling, and he's got these stupid moments, um, but I think that he's going to be an imperative character throughout the rest of the novel, um, if he gets out of his cell, of course. <laughs> so thank you guys for listening. And if you have been enjoying this podcast, you can leave me a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or any uh, platform in which you stream The Circle Opens. If you would like to get in touch with me, you can send me an email at thecirclecloses at gmail.com or you can find me on social media at The Circle Opens. And that's all I have for you guys today. Um, I hope you had a fantastic week and I hope you will have a fantastic week coming up and M-O-O-N. That spells, see you next week.